Um, I know some of you, like Carrie said, actually heard a little bit of this um, over at Chester earlier this semester. Um, as dark as that was, unfortunately, it gets a lot darker. Um, and, you know, seeing what's happening in the world today, as I mentioned in prayer, and uh, with, it was Josh, right? That, um, what happened to his friend, it sort of hits home about the message I want to send today, and that is I wanted to remind you all the importance or the importance of seeing God in each other. Not just about you, but in each other. And that falls perfectly in my story. So I'll start from the beginning. It's going to be long, but it'll be worth it, I promise. Um, I originally, I'm, I was born in El Paso, Texas. <laughs> I went to uh, high school with Andrea. Um, and I grew up in a very, very normal family. Um, it wasn't until high school that um, I would say that, you know, things started to go a little bit awry. Um, my brother up to that point had been, been really, really, had been bullied a lot. And up to that point, I had been the one defending him from, from physical bullies. I couldn't really do much about the emotional bullies out there, but my brother is like one of the smartest, most intelligent people that I know, and he got a lot of crap for it. Um, but it, once it got to high school, uh, you know, puberty hit, hormones went crazy, and uh, you know, I got to that point in my life that, I, you know what, I was tired of I was sticking up for my, for, for my brother. It got to the point where he started blaming me, um, accusing me of picking on him, and instead of just taking that as a sign of him getting hurt, I, uh, I just said, screw you. Be a man, do your own thing. So those four years in my high school, me and my brother split. Um, once we graduated high school, my brother got away from my family as soon as possible. He went to the farthest place he could possibly go in Florida. He's doing a lot of great things there, but you know he tries to get tries his hardest to uh, stay away from us. Sort of, I wasn't going to mention this, but it hit home today or a couple of days ago when I figured out that he's not going to come home for the summer. Um, he found a job in, in Illinois or Wisconsin. I can't remember which one it was, but um, he's doing great things over there. But you know, it's 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 tough on our family. So that happened. Um, once I got out of high school up to that point, I should say let's start with the religious background. My my parents were are spiritual, they're not devout, but they do believe in God. My dad was Presbyterian, my mom was raised Catholic, um, but they didn't put that on me or my brother. They wanted to have me make my, our own decisions, um, which I'm grateful for that. Um, but the first interaction I had with religion of any sort was 9-11. Um, seven years old, sitting there, and seeing people jumping out of burning buildings all in the name of Islam, you know, or a very perverted form of Islam really, really jacked me up as a kid. I would say that would be the day that I lost my innocence. Um, and ever since then, especially growing up in a, in a place like El Paso with Fort Bliss, one of the biggest military installations, Islamophobia was a huge thing in my household. So I grew up hating Islam. Um, and I grew up wanting to be a Marine. That's what I wanted to do. I wanted to protect people so crap like that didn't happen again. 
so I trained my entire life to do that. I applied for the Naval Academy over in Maryland. Um, was this close to getting in? Uh, unfortunately, for other circumstances, it didn't work out. And then a week later, um, I get a note from UT saying, we want you to go here. So I came here. I joined the NRTC unit, went through boot camp. It sucked. Um, but unfortunately, an injury that I had um, that was healing, that I had during high school that was uh, recovering for the summer before my freshman year uh, didn't quite heal correctly. Um, I would say I only did about two or three continuous months of, uh, of activities with ROTC and then it was just trying to stay healthy from that point on. Um, by the end of that first semester, I was, I was done. They told me either go for a medical waiver, which the Marine Corps is so picky they'll probably say no and then you'll be disqualified from any military service at all or you can quit now and still have a chance to enlist later on. So I quit. Um, and that was tough. It was a huge gut blow. You know, that was just a huge gut check. Um, suddenly, I had a family, and then all of a sudden, I'm 500 miles away from home without <coughs> anybody. And another thing that I didn't really account for, but I sort of realized uh, going through my relationship with Guy was that the Marine Corps or the military in general, the way they, the way they do it, and you all probably heard that, you know, the idea or the rumor, it's not really a rumor, uh, the fact that, uh, that they brainwash you during, during boot camp, and they do, they do. What happens is they break you down, there's three phases, the first phase, they break you down mentally, physically to the point where you're literally rock bottom and then phase two and three, they pick you up. And they get you that you know, Marine Corps pride or warrior spirit or whatnot. Well, whenever I left ROTC, I didn't get the building up. I just got the beating down. You're too fat, you know, you can't, you're useless, you're a piece of crap, you're a, you're a pansy. So I'm here and I'm alone at this huge inferiority complex of me not being a man and I'm completely and totally alone. So what do I do? I start smoking cigarettes. That's cool, that's a life decision I was willing to handle. Figured out I can quit. No problem if I wanted to because I'm just that much of a badass. Um, and for, the, for those of you who don't know, my freshman year there was uh, designated smoking areas. It wasn't illegal to smoke on campus yet. And there was one right in Jester Courtyard, uh, well, right by the Spanish Oaks Terrace where we, where we did the uh, uplift about a month ago. Um, and we, I, I met a, a group of people that just smoked cigarettes or smoked tobacco of any sort and we just hung out there. It was like a hangout. It's like 15, 20 people. It was great. And of course, you know, I kept smoking. Um, but there were a, a group of people that came around later that semester. Uh, this is my second semester, I'm sorry, um, my freshman year. Um, they came around that were really up to no good. Um, they were into the things like, it didn't stop at cigarettes, it started, you know, sniffing Adderall, 
um, drinking, smoking weed, um, tripping on acid, mushrooms, shrooms, I guess you could call them. Um, and I got caught up in that. Just because I, had, I, I screamed out, a huge vibe screamed out, accept me, be my friend, because my brother is across the country. My parents only call me to, to say that they're ticked off about my grades, and I don't have any friends. So love me. And it was downhill from there. Um, I think by the end of my second semester, I had been I'd have been drunk, high, and or both for two, three weeks at a time. I, I can honestly say I don't remember half of my second semester freshman year. Um, it got to the point where weed wasn't enough, so I started doing um, psychedelics. Tripping on acid like twice a week. Um, and that's when mentally I started to get scarred. Um, I really don't know how to explain it. I'm not a, I'm not a medical professional. Um, but those kind of drugs took the deepest, darkest parts of me and brought them up into reality. I became angry, agitated all the time. I couldn't sleep because I was having nightmares all the time. And stupid nightmares. I don't even. I can't even tell you why they were nightmares. They were just. I would wake up in cold sweat and just. I want a cigarette, you know, or. You're just absolutely terrified. And I don't know how to explain it. It just happened. You know what I mean? And so. I just spiraled downwards, and then I ended my second semester of, of freshman year, um, on academic probation. I failed the class by one point, psychology, if you can imagine. Um, I failed by one point with a 59. And when I went to go see the professor, he said, well, maybe you don't belong here. Sucks. I know you did extra credit, but you screwed up. You don't belong here. Get out. So I went, to, went back home that summer. I couldn't smoke. I didn't have any access to, to any of those drugs any alcohol of any sorts because my parents would literally kill me. So I had no other way out. I had to fill this void somehow. I had to feel like I'm a man. At the same time, I'm, I'm working a full-time job and going to classes at night to make, make up that, that one-point failure class that I failed by one point. And you can only imagine if any of y'all know me at this point. Like That one point, you know how much that would agitate me. So. I had to deal with that, and I couldn't, I had this overwhelming sense that, you know, I need to prove that I'm a man, I'm gonna need to prove that I'm tough as nails, like my, my, my old man, you know? I need to, need to fight somebody. So I turned to sex. I started hooking up with two of my old high school friends. Um, Sometimes at the same time, both of them at the same time. And one couple times I had sexual intercourse with a prostitute. Just looked her up on Craigslist and said, 
Pay me at a hotel, pay you $60. And that happened three or four times. But that didn't, that didn't fill any void whatsoever. I just did not know what to do because I was angry all the time. I was still having nightmares. I wanted to smoke, I wanted to drink, I wanted to do more drugs. I wanted to kill myself. I was broken down and I kept on digging deeper. So what do I do? I go back to school. Luckily I passed the psychology the second time. Uh, my parents are still writing me about that, not trusting me that I can handle my own business and be a man. Um, that third semester started off just the same. Um, started drinking and smoking again, but luckily this time I felt I found another group of people. Some of y'all actually met him. His name's Gandalf, or his name's Trenton Lewis, but <laughs> we call him Gandalf. Um, he's a great guy, and uh, and two other people who have made a tremendous impact in my life, and that was Zoe and Ariana. Um, they're a lesbian couple. And honestly, <coughs> the sweetest people I've ever seen in my entire, or I've ever met in my entire life. Um, they had their own problems. Uh, so does Gandalf. He had, we all have drinking problems, smoking problems, all that stuff, but it wasn't so much I quit the psychedelics. Um, there would be a little bit of influence of marijuana in there, um, but the drinking was a huge, pro huge problem, um, and sex. You know, it's... I can't tell you why I love those people. <laughs> I just do because we've we've gone through a lot together. Um, so third semester goes pretty smoothly. Again, I'm still. I think I made like a like a 2.25 that semester. It was a terrible, terrible semester. I was just so focused on being with the group and and doing that thing that I could really care less about school. Um, but then one night, I'm at a friend's house, one of the friends that I had from the other house, we just decided to, or the other semester, the one who actually got me into drugs, his name's Kelly. Probably shouldn't name drop, but whatever. Um, I went to his house with Gandalf, and we did like what we did in the old days. We got super hammered and, and um, started tripping acid. Um, I had a terrible, terrible trip. I don't know how I got back to the dorm, but I did, because Gandalf probably dragged me there. Um, man's a saint, but you know what? I, I, I remember I had a, a bottle of Adderall that I was prescribed for since I was a little kid on the desk at Jester. And I looked at it, and I said, I want to die. I'm having this terrible trip. I'm thinking about all the crap. I'm such a failure. I'm not even a man. I'm a wimp. I can't even be a Marine. I'm going to kill myself. So I took a, a handful of Adderall out of, the, out of the bottle. I think they were like five milligrams. I can't remember. I was tripping. And I took one. 
two, three, and I passed out. Woke up with with three out of the six Adderalls in my hand. Finally came to, came to reality. What the flipping crap did I just do? Sober Chris would have never done that. And at that point, I started getting angry with myself. And I was completely, completely out of control. This was literally my breaking point. If that was not my, I, I lasted a long time, let me tell you. Not many people last that long under the state that I was in. But at that point, I really became dangerous as a person to be around. I went to a frat party that, that, uh, that Saturday. Again, I was really, really drunk. And I was playing beer pong with some dude. And I don't remember what happened, but this dude that I was playing came up in my grill, got up in my grill, and he was just yelling in my face. The only thing I remember is popping him in the face. Next thing I know, the next thing I remember, people are dragging me off him. And I'm looking down at this guy. He's unconscious. And he's bleeding profusely everywhere from his face. I'm looking down at him realizing that I beat this man half to death. I don't know how, I don't even remember how, but all I remember is I have blood all over my knuckles and I could not stop screaming. I was, all these obscenities, it was terrible. But that's all, I was drunk. I just won't ever drink again. Later the second semester, I met with Andrea, who was honestly, God, you are my witness. He is, she is my saving grace. I was pursuing her romantically, of course. Uh, we went on one sort of semi-date, if you would call it that. I was stoned. I was not there mentally. And I she saw this cross that I had around my neck, and it was because my, this belonged to my, my grandfather, not this one, but the only one that I had, it belonged to my grandfather who had passed away my freshman year of college. And uh, it meant really, and she saw it and she said, well, are you of faith? She sort of went into a little bit about her struggles with her dad. And I said, you know what, like, I want to help. Of course, it wasn't legitimate. I wanted to pursue her. I wanted to be around her more often. Look at her, she's beautiful. So I went to, she said, come to LFC. We have uplift at Wednesday nights, free food at six. And I said, free food, that's great. It's more money for cigarettes for me. And um, so I went to the first meeting. Um, I can't remember what I was on. I was either Adderall or, or I was high, I can't remember. But I talked to Carrie. Um, can't remember uplifting either. That's how bad I was. Um, but then Carrie and I had coffee. 
I told him about my struggles. Half legitimately told him a true story. And I told him, you know, I'm, I'm gonna try to come as, as often as possible. And he told me the, the greatest thing that anybody had told me up to that point was I appreciate you. And that meant a lot. So I went. And I maybe only went like two or three times that semester, but I stayed sober up to that point. But anger was still a problem. The nightmares were still a problem. Um, one night after finals, again, it was a still a rough semester, so I just took last finals. Literally, the grade depended on the final grade, or the final, of the grade of the final words. Um, so all of us, Gandalf, uh, Ariana, Zoe, her brother, a whole bunch of other people from that group were over at Clark Field and we were playing football. Um, I was stressed out, we were all stressed out. Zoe was a little bit on edge. Um, one play, I can't remember what happened, I think I made it like, um, like push her a little bit too hard, a little bit rough on the, on the play before, but she got up in my grill and said, I'm coming after you. In a toyful way, but that, is, that wasn't what I was receiving. And granted, um, Zoe is a very sports, is a sports person. She's a very strong woman, and she has gotten to a lot of accidents, uh, injuries, so to speak, that has caused her to have, she's very cautious about her head. She's had a lot of concussions up, at, up to that point. I think she, her count was like three or four at that point. So she was very cautious about her head. Uh, that's an important backstory before I progress. And that play, she, I mean, she, she kicked it off to our team and she really lit me up, y'all. Like, pancaked me, I'm flat on my back like a turtle. And all I could think is, she just really just do that? And I snapped. I snapped. I got up, and her brother was running with the ball. He's super quick, so she, he, she's running after him. I catch up with her. The play's dead, but I don't stop. I just blindside her, and I just sprawl her on her back and throw her down. And all I, all I hear is a slip. Not the watch. But a slip. That was the sound of her head hitting the back of the back of the pavement. And she's out cold. And I'm looking at my best friend thinking I just killed her. The most terrified I have ever been in my entire life. There's nothing that I can do to take back what I just did. She's out cold. She was out for 15, 30 seconds, and that is definitely not good. She's up and she's delirious, and she can't find her mind. She can't get straight. Try to get, to her, get her to a hospital. She's freaking out. I'm freaking out. We're yelling at each other. It's terrible, terrible thing. I can't even put it into words. It was probably the scariest, scariest part of my entire life. That was the end of that, my sophomore year. I had to go into summer 
this last summer thinking about that. Thinking about what I just did to my best friend. Needless to say, the relationship between her and I were, was a little bit, a little bit weird. We text each other a little bit after, during the summer, but she forgave me. She says she loved me, but you need to get help. That's what she said. Probably something that, we, that we've, as a group, have been seeing in you. You know, we're not your father, we're not your sister, or we're not your... So get back here after a summer, still having nightmares, still smoking, still crazy and angry all the time, irritable, and start coming to LFC. And then one day at Sunday church, I fill out a, a card, and one of the options was thinking about getting baptized. And I checked it. They said, a week later, I'm talking to Carrie in his office, and you know what? And he offers for me to, to get baptized on the fall retreat. He said, we can do it privately, it's just you or me, or you can do it with your brothers and sisters at the LFC. So I want to do it with my family. Family. It wasn't legitimate at that point. Um, I was still closed off. But I did. And this is where my encounter starts. It's about an hour before my baptism, or a couple hours before my baptism. I'm sitting with, with Jordan Bunch. And if you all haven't seen or have met him, you should. He's an amazing, amazing person. Um, he's probably one of the most graceful guys I know. But we did this uh, listening to God. Basically, we tell each other about our problems, um, and uh, we listen to God for meditate, and listen to God, and try to hear what He's telling us to tell Him, tell the other person uh, through us. And we did. I he told him about problems with his, with his uh, him trying to be a father for his daughter. It's really beautiful. I made it some trumped up lie so that he could just back off and get away from me. At this point, I'm still freaking out about the up or about the baptism. This is something that, that, you know, this is serious. If I go through with it, it's kind of a huge change. So I'm thinking, God, just give me this, give me this sign that this is the right thing to do. And Jordan starts, he said, God told me to tell you, and this is way from left field because this has nothing to do with what you told me. God told me to tell you that you'll find a family here. And the people here have already found, have already seen the love and God's love and God's grace in you. Let them in. And he starts naming off these things that I haven't told anybody about. Almost killing my best friend. You know, beating some frat boy up, you know what I mean? The drugs, the alcohol. I've never told anybody about that. But here, Jordan's telling me that God knows. And we prayed, I talked about my demons, and I, I just, I just told Jordan that, you know, and I have, I have these demons, you know, like, I have a lot of anger, I have a lot of, a lot of hate in me. And he prayed over me. 
it's not almost like an exorcism, but it was, <laughs> he prayed to God to help me with my demons. And I can't explain, this is one of these things that I cannot explain about Christianity or my experience, but when he was praying over me, I just felt warmth and overwhelming joy and happiness, something I haven't felt in two years. A sense of belonging, a sense of, sense of love and, and warmth. And the overall vibe, I should say, the spiritual vibe of saying, God wants me. And I was sold right after that. A couple hours later, I was baptized and getting hugs from everybody. Life is great, but you know, it still wasn't a struggle. It was a struggle. It wasn't a struggle. It was a struggle. I promised myself if I was going to do this, I was going to quit everything. Drinking, smoking, all this stuff. And I did. That was the last cigarette. That I, I had one more when I came back, and that was it. I haven't had a cigarette since. And that was tough. That was, that was really tough. Going through what I did, what I went through academically last semester, and, and trying to find my, my new life with God and what that meant, finding how evil my past was and how I can make it relevant to my newfound relationship with God has been one of the biggest challenges that I've ever faced. Now, I mentioned, I mentioned how this, this message of the importance of seeing God in other people, how this fits into my story, and this is how. All right? You all bailed me out. All right? Not many people can go through what I went through and make it out as clean as I have right now. All right? I have Andrea to thank for, to be thankful for, to, to letting me in. I have da all my brothers and sisters, Damien, Ben, Austin, Nathan, Bree. You're not my brother, but my, you're my sister. <laughs> all of you saw a broken human being. You let me in, you clean me up, and you have done wonders for me. Not many people would have done that. But you saw the love in me. And I've seen the love, the love of God, God's grace within every single one of you. It has been an absolute privilege to be a part of your stories. What's going on in the world right now Every time we turn around, there's, there's a cop on the news, a white cop killing a black kid. There's Christians being, being murdered by the hundreds. It's very hard to come face to face with that kind of evil every single day stay true to your faith. But the only thing that will keep me grounded is the God I see in every single one of you. It's not something we focus on a lot. I mean, it's very personal. This relationship with God is very personal, but I just want to reiterate, and I feel like it's something you already know, but I want to reiterate the importance 
of seeing that love, seeing that grace, and seeing God in each and every one of us. And not just here, just everywhere else. You know, seeing, seeing God in, in Zoe and in Gandalf. I told Gandalf is one of those people who thinks he's going to burn up once he steps inside the church. That's just his mentality. I told him many times, like, you're more godlike than, than you know. I see the God in you more than you know. And same thing with Zoe. They're a little bit off from a whole, you know, homosexual marriage and everything like that. Their religion is not really not their thing. But I tell them, like, you bailed me out on a whole lot of stuff. You know, I love you just as much as I love these people. Find the love in every single person you meet. And they will send you on a journey that that is so fulfilling, both spiritually, mentally, and physically. You'll never forget it. And I just want to thank you all for for being a part of mine and allowing me to be a part of yours. Thank you.